and Soul Podcast. I'm grateful you are tuning in today. I'm Shauna Hall, a self-love and mindset coach, teaching you how to align your life through mindset shifts, spirituality, and manifestation. Each week, I'll be giving you tips designed to help you create a passionate, purposeful, high-vibe reality that you love. If you're ready to align your glow, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm as always, so excited to have you. I wanted to do a little prequel to the episode today where I am having Jules Riddle on, who is a certified NLP coach, clinical hypnotherapist, and an author who helps women all over the world who want to change their direction in life to create their own new stories of awesomeness with kick-ass destinies. And we talk about her book in this episode, and I wanted to quote it just to kind of give you a preview of what we'll be talking about. Learning to live with uncertainty is a wonderful release. Sure, it can be scary sometimes, but it's okay. It's all okay. So some of the subjects we dive into are change and how to understand it and really coming at it from a subconscious mind in in order to overcome those blocks that often come up during change. We talk about knowing your why and how to really dig into that. And we talk about how if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And the final topic we talk about is the heavily ever after concept. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. And as always, share it if you can. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Align Your Glow and Soul podcast. I've got oh, Jules Riddle here, who is the author of The Fairy Godmother, Mindfuck, which we're going to dive into this book and all the juicy details about how to power up your life and rewrite your story. But welcome, Jules. Hello, such fun to be here. And the first question I ask everybody is, how do you align your glow and soul? How do I, well, actually, I even have that, I can, this refers straight to the book because at the end I've got a thing about finding your happy ever after and it's all ikigai, a Japanese way of thinking. So it's finding your purpose. As soon as I found my own values and what I loved, what I was good at, suddenly I aligned with everything. And it's like, how did that take me so long? <laughs> so it's knowing who I am aligns with everything for me. Ooh, I love that. And there is such truth to that answer because similar experience, figuring out who I was, I was like, oh, wow, why did I not know this? But it's all part of the journey, right? Of life. You're exactly where you're supposed to be at any given moment. Crazy how long it can take you to find who you are. But as you grow up, the world tells you who you are. So to yeah, to realize you can turn around and go, wait a minute. Well, Who let's do I start. say I am. <laughs> right. Um, and let's just jump right in. Since we're talking about your book, I have so many great things I just want to like talk about. I have nobody can see this because I'm not posting this on YouTube, but I've got her book with all things and bookmarked and highlighted and underlined. So we're just gonna jump right in. So One thing I love about your book is how simple you make the concept of really comparing, you know, our lives to Cinderella and in 
I think we can all relate to that story. We grew up with it, right? And you mentioned several other childhood stories in this book, which again, is just so great because it just breaks it down. And I wish with all my heart, I had this book when I was like 25 or 30 even because, you know, I would have, I think, um, quantum leaped a little bit quicker. But anyways, no here, no there. So (laughs) I had someone who read it. She's about 50, but her um, 16-year-old, I hadn't expected super young people to enjoy it. And she said, no, my 16-year-old is just, I can hear her laughing. Then moments of deep silence as she's taken it in. I'm like, oh, my God. If I could have had a book like this at 16, one that I understood, there were books, but they were all jargon. Now, I started out as a youth worker and a mentor. And when I was a youth worker, I wasn't even in sort of youth centres. I We went out onto the street. So it was young people that didn't even want to go to youth clubs. They didn't even want us to be there particularly. So I'm used to working with people that didn't want to hear things and yet really needed to. And I needed to put things in a way that was on their level, they understood, and yet didn't talk down to them. Metaphors, stories, all of those are so bloody brilliant because people get them. And that's why I use Cinderella. We, Like you say, we've grown up with fairy stories. We understand the characters, the story, So if I just mention like in a couple of sentences, you take in a hell of a lot more because you get it. So, yeah, I do love stories and metaphors. Well, you're really good at it. So on what chapter is this? We'll just say it's on page 27. If you if you guys get the book, which you all should. And I'm just going to quote you directly about no limits to your good story. We can all write our own stories when it comes to our lives. We have the power to rewrite old brain patterns and beliefs so that they work for us instead of holding us back we are fucking awesome and have unlimited potential and I read that and I was like yes yes <laughs> so let's talk about that and the stories that we are programmed with but also how we can rewrite our own story I mean we're programmed from birth it's And that's what the first part of the book is understanding your brain. Because once you understand how everything is, you can then realize you can change things. So, yeah, to believe that you can change is a massive thing. Just rather than just have a life by default. When I dawned on me, I can decide my life stories like, oh, my God. So, and all those old beliefs, and it's your subconscious thinks it's keeping you alive by, let's say, between naught and eight is when you get your most beliefs and ideas about life. Because your brain's taking everything in, everything you see that happens to you, events, everything, it takes it all in. And it's like, okay. It finds, it wants to keep you alive, basically. And everything it does, it thinks it's taking it to that extreme. Because our brains still work, I call it a caveman bit. That's a bit vague a term, but we'll go with it. Back in the caveman days, if you have 
a saber-toothed tiger. I know they don't exist. We're still going with this um, or didn't exist. But there were things that were going to like chomp down on your ass and you it was more tricky to stay alive. So it has these alerts in your brain. And it's, your brain today still thinks that anything a bit skew if that isn't normal, isn't, could be a life or death situation. And that's how your brain operates. So it holds you back from doing things. That's what's put things in. Your subconscious has put in all of these. It's kept every information, bit of information. That blew my mind. When I first realized your subconscious remembers everything that has ever happened to you, it's like, what? Well, even that's like your conscious. I know. So it's all buried in there. It's too much for your conscious brain to be dealing with on regular, but it is all down there. And it uses it, all that information, to see what worked in the past to keep you happy and safe, basically. So the things that are stopping you, I think in the book, I say it's like you've got this old software in your brain and it's like using an old ZX Spectrum to do all your work on today. It's kept all this info that was good for you as a kid, not necessarily now. And it holds you back. It's stopping you. And that's crazy to think that you stop yourself from living your best life. But once you realize it is possible to change, update your software, and um, you have unlimited potential. So I think one thing you incorporate well is when you say update your software, it's really about your goals. And you say in your book, I had a goal, not a dream. I had an end game with defined steps to get there. And I now knew wishing would get me nowhere. And that's a hard pill to swallow. (laughs) It's also, yeah, with the title, the fairy godmother idea is a massive mind fuck. There's no one else coming to save you, to do anything. You have to do it yourself. Sitting there wishing, no, you'll stay as Cinderella by the fire. She had no goals. And in the end, her biggest thing was to go to a party. It's like, really? That's it? So you need to know where you want to go. You need to know who you are, where you want to go, then work out how to get there. My niece the other day was saying that there's there's some destination because I was saying, oh, what are your dream goals? And there's some like expensive VIP holiday retreat little island place. And she's like, oh, I'll never have that, though. That's where the Kardashians go. She's 13. To her, the Kardashians are like up there. It's like (laughs) I have to do a lot of deep breathing, but I think she's 13. But I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. For a start, it's Auntie Jules. We never use the word impossible or never. It's like, yes, you can. You find out where that place is, how much it would be, and you start saving or putting things into place. Start. Your goals can be anything. 
when I'm saying anything, if you can, like, you know, I'm 58, if I was to say, yes, I wish, oh God, I've just realized, I was about to say, if I was to say, yeah, I want to be an astronaut, I'd be like, you know, the goals need to be realistic, but I've just realized, you know, Elon Musk and that, they go up there. <laughs> so it's even stuff like, that's not impossible anymore. The world's amazing. It's just, you've got to realize it. Well, and I truly believe if you can dream it, you can do it. Um, I don't know if you've read the book by Elizabeth Gilbert, not Eat, Love, Pray, but her most recent book. And I'm blanking on the name of it. I'll put it in the show notes. But she talks about the concept of ideas and how when an idea comes to you, it is meant for you. It is meant for you to create. And if you don't act on that idea, it will go to somebody else. And she uses this great example of an idea she had for a book. And she didn't act on it. She didn't start it in two years go by. And then she never started writing this idea. She has a good friend that is also an author. Two, two and a half years go by and her her friend produces this book. She gets the book. It's the exact same idea she had for her own book. And I was blown <laughs> away. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, you know, the universe is sending you this idea because you are destined, you are supposed to produce it. And I was just like, wow. I am so all about the universe. I had the title for the book put into my head about five years ago. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just sort of thought nothing more of it, but it wouldn't go away. The universe had stuck it in my head. Yes. In the end, I had to go, okay, okay. (laughs) I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write it. And once I'd started, the first couple of pages were like, oh, this, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, this barrier lifted and it all just went bleh, onto the page. It's like, oh, hello. And it's, yeah, it really is the strangest feeling when it's given to you. You sort of, yeah, it comes through you. Love you, universe. <laughs> so let's talk about that because I think we all have dreams and aspirations, but we don't put them into a conceptual form. We're just like, oh, it's just a dream. I'll, like, as your niece said, right? I'll never I get there. Yes. <sighs> so how do we pause one and realize this dream can be a reality, but then break it down in a simple way? Absolutely. That's the way to do it. There's a, a tough thing called... Um, how do you eat an elephant? And the thing is, one mouthful at a time. And that's how you do a goal. And I even have this thing, it's on my um on my Facebook page, actually, in my files. It's just a picture of an elephant broken down into like patchwork. And it's like if you need it that much of a visual, because things can be overwhelming when you're trying to see the whole thing. Break it down into what steps you can put where you are now, where you want to be, and even just the line between the two. It's like, okay, what steps do I need? So you need to understand your goal and define it, not just vaguely say, yeah, I want to be rich. That's like, that's too rubbish. You need to say what is rich to you and all the things. So you need to get specific on what your end game is. So then the steps can become visible. And yeah, we were saying nothing is impossible. It may have more steps than some other things, but 
still not impossible. Now, I think where people get stuck is they get scared about the change that is going to occur that they have to do in order to make these dream, this goal, a reality. And I say it all the time, just because I work in healthcare and we change every five seconds. When I interview people, change is the reality of this world. And if there's not something you're comfortable with, you won't be successful here. And I'm very blunt when I interview people because it just, a lot of people are not comfortable with change. So how does one, okay. So first step, right. You come up with your goal, you make it simple, specific, and then you start doing it. And then you realize like, oh my God, I'm changing. This is going to require me to be different. And then some people stop in the middle of this because they can't deal with the change. I mean, that's why the first part of the book covers understanding your head. Because everything about this that feels so huge and overwhelming, when you really think about it, it's this little thing sitting in your skull that's creating this massive. So understanding how that works and why you get scared of change which is what I touched on earlier it's that your subconscious thinks it's keeping you alive and you have to sort of kind of say to it wait I'm not gonna nothing's gonna happen there are no tigers out there gonna (laughs) eat me this is fine and one of the biggest things and I do I tell all my clients be okay with not being okay being scared isn't something to avoid. It's kind of exciting. It means you've stepped out of your comfort zone. And that is always bloody brilliant. Your comfort zone is a dull, dull place. (laughs) So just stepping even one little step out your comfort zone, wait till that sort of calm feeling comes a bit more because you've gotten used to it. It's no longer change. Something's normal. Then a step further out. So it's why we say steps towards a goal because you do one step. You have to change. I mentioned that is all in there as well about um, it'd be so wonderful if others changed for you (laughs) it'd be so much easier but it can't be other people because like any of these fairy stories if you took the character out of that particular story and plonked them in a different book their outcome would be the same because they're just in a different situation but their headspace all their issues are the same so yes it's uncomfortable yes it's scary but Scary isn't something to avoid. We're so programmed by society, I think, to avoid negative emotions or just ones that don't feel comfy. And it's like, no, feel them all. And being scared of something is the same as being excited. Oh, one's for a negative outcome and one's excitement for a positive outcome. So just tell your head. No, this is for a positive outcome. This sensation, it's excitement. And there are no tigers or bears. Oh, that is so good. And I think, I mean, I'm going to use that right now. I love that. I call them fear gremlins, but I like that concept of reframing your mindset from scared to just another form of excitement and just make it simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the physical sensations are exactly the same. 
So just tell your head, no, this is for a positive outcome. And you have to remember your whys, Mm. why you're doing something all the time and where you're saying people get halfway and then just like, no, 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 no. You have to journaling. Oh, God, I'm all about the journaling. It's the most powerful tool you can have right to hand that costs you nothing except paper and pen. And just write it out. Write out why you're doing something. And you can go through. It's like, yeah, I feel scared. What do I feel scared about? What's, you know, what is this? And just write it out. Well, and there is, I believe the statistic is when you write out your goals or you write out your why, the likelihood that you'll actually follow through with the goal or be successful in the goal is like increases by 60% or something along those lines, which is wild when it's so simple. Just spend five minutes a day and write it out. Yep. Pin it up somewhere, stick it up. Remember, yeah, you're wise. And I think (laughs) I do put, and it's one thing that gets commented on all the time in a good way that I've put, there's a thing I put in the book about the must debating, your musts. And there it's about what's important to you and everything. And when you remember what's important, make them must-haves. So you need to know your must. And knowing, listing your why you're doing something creates your musts. You must go through that because you're going to get that goal. So get must-abating. That's a good one too. And your non-negotiables or your, I like to call them your filters, you know, like, yes, what is a non-negotiable or a filter of why you're living? And I think when people get caught up in this concept is, well, your non-negotiable is you have to get dressed for the day, right? You want to just go outside. Well, maybe some people would, but you want to go outside naked, right? You will put on clothes. That is your non-negotiable. You would brush your teeth, take a shower. Again, not all people do this, but again, most people do. And it's the same thing with your goals and your aspirations is, okay, well, if you believe it, then create, as you said, a must, like I must complete this. I will complete this and my why and link it all together. Yeah. And knowing, finding your core values and your core values are just what's really important to you in life for me my core values are authenticity and knowledge are my top two knowledge it's both me gaining knowledge sharing knowledge all the things but an authenticity now if I don't put and I realize the first half of my life where I felt off and nothing fitted sort of thing felt grotty was because I wasn't being authentic to myself so it is now an absolute must that if something feels like no that doesn't align with who I am and what I believe then it's a non-negotiable and it's like nope and I had to really learn to stop people pleasing oh I was a people pleaser as a youngster so yeah that's a massive learning to be who you are but you have to know who you are to do that right and all I love that you said that because one thing you mentioned recently in one of your videos is if it doesn't feel right it ain't right and we 
have this struggle, especially as women. We just, as you said, we want to just do the quote unquote right thing. We want to make sure we're supporting somebody else, which is all great qualities. But when you don't support yourself first, you can't support others because you're not living in your true alignment. So let's talk about like saying no, if it doesn't feel right. How do you do that? Practice. (laughs) Um, Yes. I mean, I had a whole thing. I'm I'm going to create a mini course because again, this is something so many people come to me with difficulty saying no. And it's absolute practice because you've been, you've learned to do it. And there'll be so many other reasons as to why you're doing it. So there will be a bit of digging into where in your backstory, this has come about, why you need to please people. You know, the need to be loved is for a lot of people is huge. So you'll look a bit at like, okay, so it's rejection and all of those things. But I tend to give people some practice um, sentences and things that they'll have to hand because I think being caught off guard, I think where I used to have the biggest thing, school runs. Now, when you go into schoolyards and things, the amount of people that come to you and go, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? It'll happen in offices as well. Have some go-to phrases that you've remembered so your brain doesn't panic and just say, okay, because it can't think of anything else to say. So say things like, oh, love to have no time right now. You can be nice. You can say, oh, try me another time. You can remind them that you used to. It's like, I know I helped you before, but I really have no time to do that now. It's not being rude. And I tell you, when you've practiced it a few times, you will realize, because your fear of being rejected is made up, actually. Your brain thinks it's going to happen. Try it as an experiment and say, sorry, can't do that. And keep it short, just like, no. And you will realize people go, okay, and move on to someone else. You don't get rejected. So you need to prove to your own brain that what it thought would happen doesn't happen. And that's even with immediate family and that. They're just Some may get a bit like, oh, but you've always been an easy touch. <laughs> but you're still not going to get rejected. So practice. I like that point. concept of creating a phrase to rehearse. But that way, when the situation comes, you know what to say. And you've you don't. It. Yeah. yeah. That's so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, maybe I teach my my staff to do that just because we, you know, we work with doctors and I love our docs, but you know, they can be needy. I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna make a note now as well. Yeah, offices are terrible because you'll get sort of known as the person that always says yes. Mm-hmm. It's like just really don't they're coming to you I'm going to make a note myself now and I'm going to put it in my Facebook page guides I'm going to make a list of um phrases for people but I've written that down 
Now let's talk about what you just said. You said you're going to create a mini course. And what is this? Is this going to be about saying no or the concept of no? I'm at the minute, I'm just finishing off a mini course, online course for people. Because I think I coach. I usually do one-to-one, but I realize so many people now just want to um, just go and sort themselves a bit. I mean, the book is basic coaching. It's all the initial things to coach yourself first. And the mini course I'm doing at the minute is on self-sabotage and how to stop self-sabotage because we all do it, but it can to sabotage your own happiness or your own best life is like, no. So I'm doing that and saying no and people pleasing is such a common thing that I'm is brought to me that that's going to be my next one. So people will wait for that. It'll be mentioned again on my website or my um, Facebook page to look for notifications so awesome i'll have that in the show link if you guys are interested okay so the last thing i would love to dig into is the concept of happily ever after which we see all these disney movies about how the princess lived happily ever after and it just you know, bugs me. That always bugged me so much. Even as a little kid, that bugged me. Because it's like, what is that? What What did they do? What is happy ever after? So I did look into that. And I included it in the book. Because in researching, I found the Japanese concept of ikigai, which means your life purpose. Now, there are blue zones, about five blue zones in the world that have been discovered where people regularly live over 100 and they're content and happy. And it would appear this ikigai is a massive, massive part of that. So it's all about finding your thing, (laughs) your purpose, that thing that takes you into flow, which is a a psycho babble term it means you know when you're doing something and you lose all track of time you've just gone into the zone and you've lost it that's going into flow everybody's good at something now even the people that are sitting there right now going i'm not it's like no you will be and ikigai is all about finding what you're good at and So it's what you're good at, uh, what lights you up, what people would come to you for. Um, Now, finding what you're good at, people will ask you. It could be like, uh, you're green-fingered. I'm not. That is not my thing. It's finding your genius. People balk at the word genius. It actually just means what you are good at. Um, or I like to I say your superpower. Draw. What is your superpower? What are you? And everybody's got a superpower. What mm-hmm. you think isn't a superpower, other people are like, I'm like, I can draw. To me, that's nothing because I just can do it without, I'm, I can say I'm good at drawing, but 
to me, there's no effort in it. So it's like, that's not a superpower. But then people that can't are like, oh my God, I so wish. So you will have something, let's say it could be gardening, being green fingered, cooking, something else. So if you can find what you're good at, what the world needs, and it all goes together and you can be rewarded for. So it could be something you get paid for, but it doesn't have to be. It's just what makes you jump out of bed in the morning. That will be your happy ever after. You don't want to get to a place where you're just like, oh, another day, another dollar. I Just give me five more minutes in bed. What if you could have something that every morning when you wake up, it's like, yes, another day. That's a happy ever after. That's what these Japanese have found in these blue zones. They don't have a word for retirement as we have it. They just see it as a transition of, okay, they don't get paid anymore, but they still pack their life full of stuff, community, whatever their passions are. And this is your happy ever after. So, yeah, at the end of the book, I've got all about how to find your passion and your purpose. And so many people I also find are like, I have no purpose. What's my thing? It's like, no, we can work through that. Find your thing. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so good. So where can people find your, and I'm obviously on camera, you can't see this, but I'm, I'm showing her book. Where can people find your book? I got mine on Amazon, but are there other resources out there? Yeah, no, it's Amazon. Okay. So yeah, either my name, Jules Riddle, or the book title. I can put a link. Yes, I'll add that. That way people can something. Just yeah. click it because it took it me a minute to find you Kindle. on Amazon. And I was like, I know you're on here. So yeah, let's make it simple. And I promise you, you will love this book. It is great. It's been a very easy read. It's funny. Um, it's relatable. I think, and as Jules mentioned earlier, even a 16 year old can relate to the concept of this book. I just, I love it so much. So buy the book. You will not regret it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and how else can people either work with you or connect with you? Well, I've got a Facebook page where I'll share lots of things, just you know, free things and info and on my website because I coach. That's my basic thing. I'm a mindset and life coach, hypnotherapist, which I put the coaching first. The hypnotherapy is kind of a tool. Now I can work with that subconscious and we can get you changing while you sleep. I love hypnotherapy. I had it for smoking many, many years ago. One session, I never smoked again, no cravings or anything. So I trained in that thinking that's good. Um, And I coach and I coach all around the world, really. Hurrah for Zoom and the internet that everyone's found since lockdown used to be one-to-one physically. And now it's like, hello world, which I'm adoring. So yeah, if people go through the book, want more one-to-one in just building it further, 
that's the kind of coaching. Lovely. Awesome. Well, I'm going to recap with a couple concepts to pull away that you can immediately apply or think about further. One, find your core values. Find out who are you? What, you know, who are you as a person? Two, if it doesn't feel right, it ain't right, which I love. And three, everybody can find their quote happily ever after. So. Yep. Don't need no fairy godmother, no prince to come rescue you. The magic's in you. Yes. Ooh, so juicy. Do us both a favor if you're listening to this, screenshot it, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, tag us. It's the one free way you can help support us and help us have that even more bigger impact and ripple effect. And Jules, thank you so much. Thank you. I've loved it. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'd love to connect with you. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram to be entered in to a $50 Amazon gift card. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and don't forget to glow like you're meant to. Have a fabulous week.